Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and we are joined early in the new year by one of our favorites, Scott Lizakowski, Head of Canadian Equity at Phillips Hager and North. Uh, Scott, Happy New Year. Great to see you. Thanks, Dave. Happy New Year to you as well. How are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm fantastic. How are you? We're good. We're good. We're, uh, we're battling our, our, some wintry weather conditions here in, in the West Coast. And uh, we're, uh, we're, you know, we're not used to all the snow in the city. We don't mind having the snow up in the mountains, but snow in the city is not a good, uh, is not a good setup for, uh, for us in, here in Vancouver. Yeah, more, more snow in Vancouver than we've had in, uh, in, in Toronto this year. Vancouver Island as well. Friends on, on Vancouver Island have been sending me uh, photos of the amount of snow that they're getting. So it's a uh, crazy weather pattern. But it gave you, Scott, a chance to, uh, when you were snowed into your house, to dig through volumes of statistics, historical t- statistics on the performance of the Canadian uh, stock market. And it sets us up for a great discussion on a review of 2021, uh, which was a pretty good year in Canadian markets, uh, both from a, a uh, an overall return, a total return perspective, and um, not a particularly volatile year, particularly nice following the uh, the, the, the 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 start of the pandemic back in uh, in 2020 and the, the big drop that we had there. Uh, so so let's take a look back at at, at 2021. The kind of year we had, and then what it portends for uh, for for 2022, uh, if we take it from a historical perspective. Yeah, so yeah, 2021 was a strong year for equity markets across the board, uh, and, and TSX uh, did well. Um, if you recall, in some of our previous discussions, the TSX was the best performing equity market at, at uh, one point throughout the year, but. Uh, just could not keep up to the the, the juggernaut that we saw in the uh, S and P 500, but but still strong returns in Canada. Uh, you know, just over 20 percent returns um, in price, and 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 uh, maybe just under 25 percent in total return. So that that's the strongest annual return for the TSX since since 2009, since the uh, the, the financial crisis, and and uh, within the t- sort of top 20 of uh, best all-time return. So that's that's a pretty good result for, for uh, investors in Canada. Uh, another interesting note, um, and this sort of sets up for our, our discussion about what does that mean for the year ahead. Um, we also had the lowest, uh, the smallest intra-year drawdown. So we always talk about, you know, on average, the TSX goes up kind of 7-ish percent a year. Uh, but within that sort of 7% return, and as, as investors probably know, we experience this at some point throughout the year, you get some intra-year correction. And that, that drawdown on average for the TSX was actually a lot higher than I thought it would be. It's about 15% uh, wow. on average. But in 2021, we didn't have that. We only our, 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 uh, The biggest intra-year drawdown was about 6%. And that's the third smallest um, in history. So... Not only did we have a strong year in, in 2021 from a total return perspective, we just didn't have that entry year volatility. Um, and so uh, that, that was actually, you know, uh, uh, quite nice. Now, that sets us up for uh, uh, a couple things heading into, into, into this year. So two things. So let's look at following a 20 plus percent return. What does the TSX look like? Um, and so, you know, the, maybe, maybe people are thinking, wow, we had a really big year in 2021. Can't expect to have that. I mean, I don't know if I would expect a plus 20% return in, in 2022. Uh, but typically the returns aren't that bad and actually are pretty good and are better than average. So for the full year, 
following a, a 20% return for the TSX, uh, we get on average about 8.1%. And so that's okay. pretty good. And that's slightly better than the long-term historic aver- historical average of 7.3%. And when you think about, you know, more of a near-term focus, not that we get too focused on the sort of the quarter quarterly moves, but uh, if you're just thinking about Q1, Q1 is typically about 3.5% um, uh, of a return following a 20-plus percent return uh, the previous year versus the all-time or the, the historical average about 2.5%. So you sort of can map out this year of having you know, decent follow-through. We've actually had a pretty good start to the year so far, you know, only a handful of trading days in, but uh, a pretty pretty strong start. So you can have a, a strong you know, first quarter or first part of the year um, and then and then sort of normalize on that comment about the low volatility. So in the years I mentioned that we only had a six percent intra year drawdown in 2021, the years following these sort of we call these low vol years, uh, the the historical the intra year drawdown uh, tends to be a little bit bigger. And I think we're looking at, you know, sort of in the 18 to 19 percent range. So above that sort of 15 percent average that we've seen. Uh, so we could sort of, you know, I'm not trying to sort of map out exactly how the year is going <laughs> to yes. go, but, you, you know, following a strong year, we'd expect to see uh, a decent year, slightly better than average, uh, and, and perhaps a, a stronger start to the year. Within the year, we could expect to see a slightly higher than average drawdown, given that we didn't have one last year. Not exactly sure how that plays out and exactly uh, sure. know, what, what day or month that falls on, but uh, but we expect to see maybe a little bit more volatility intra-year that we saw than we saw last year. Uh, but I think that should help sort of, um, you know, set things up for, you know, what, what people can expect for the, for the year ahead. Yeah, and, and not unusual in that when, when you have a particularly strong year, uh, you, you, the market has become more expensive, although we, we can maybe talk about that because last year's a little, little odd on, on, on that front as well. But as the market gets more expensive, uh, it you 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 tend to expect a little bit more volatility, so not surprising uh, that this year is kind of set up more around the expectations of you know more typical returns with more typical volatility, uh, maybe even a little bit more than uh, than than normal throughout the year, and you know that's part of investing in stocks, and you you, you recognize that now as now as an investment manager, uh, you, you you can sort of map that out in your head in terms of the year ahead. But but you're much more active than that, and and you can shift your view and position uh, very quickly if if conditions change throughout the year, right? Yeah, and, and you know we sort of you know we don't get too wed to uh, a, a certain outlook. We think we think in scenarios, and actually you bring up valuation, which I think is an interesting point to touch on. Uh, what what was really interesting, and I think we talked about it on a podcast at some point yeah. in the year last year, was the just the way that the estimate revision cycle had sort of taken shape in 2021. Obviously, you're coming out of a pandemic and a lockdown and a fairly severe economic uh, sort of pullback in 2020. And so you'd expect to see an earnings recovery. And we saw, you know, quite substantial earnings recovery um, for the TSX in in 2021. The the typical seasonal pattern for analysts sort of estimate forecast is to start high in January and then go down throughout the year. 2021 was the exact opposite. They started... Uh, at a reasonable level, uh, which showed some recovery, uh, and then we're just 
you know, revised higher all the way throughout the year. We had a, a, probably one of the biggest estimate revision, positive estimate revision years in history in 2021. And, and then ending on a, on a fairly strong note. Now, where do forecasts shake out from here? Um, and I guess that's just to that point. You've had the earnings go up and yet the stock market has been pretty strong, but you, you, you haven't really had a lot of multiple expansion. That really happened in, in the yep. latter part of 2020. So you sort of have a bit of even a bit of multiple compression throughout the year. And then you say, okay, now looking forward, you know, how do things shake out? Analyst forecasts for the TSX are forecasting earnings growth of around 5%. Uh, which would be below historic average, would be significantly lower than the recovery we saw last year. And I still think when you sort of look through it sort of sector by sector, I still think it's fairly conservative. Big drivers of, of that earnings growth would, would still be in the energy sector and the financial sector. Uh, industrial is actually showing quite strong. And actually on the financials, I think the, the, the estimates are, are quite conservative. Um, this might be something to talk about on Stu's days uh, with Stu, as he's the expert in the, in the <laughs> Canadian financial sector there. But but there's still some relative conservative, you know, conservative numbers coming out of the uh, financial sectors in terms in terms of earnings growth. So, you know, if you if you sort of take you know with the TSX today is around twenty one thousand, and you're looking at sort of thirteen hundred dollars of earnings uh, trading fairly cheaply on a on a trailing twelve month basis, and if you think you know forward you know, kind of in that five-ish percent earnings growth, you're kind of looking at 15 times earnings, uh, which is a quite quite a reasonable valuation. Not a lot of sort of excessive um, scenarios being discounted uh, in, in that sort of, in that scenario. So I think, you know, uh, from a scenario perspective, I think you actually have a decent shot at, at, at getting some decent returns because, you know, I think as we push through this, you know, uh, barring uh, the outcome of this uh, most current wave of, you know, Omicron, um, as we sort of push through that, I think that sort of continuation of a reopening of the economy and sort of getting back to uh, economic growth uh, and, and how that sort of plays out across all sectors, particularly in the financials, I think you could actually see some upside to that 5% earnings growth in Canada, which would make that, that 15 times multiple look even more attractive. So, sort of stacking all that up, you know, look with the historical performance following last year and, and just looking at the way things are shaking out and where the forecasts are, I think it sets up for a, a decent year, not not expecting that sort of 20 plus percent returns like we saw last year, but something you could see in sort of that that eight ish percent return seems seems quite reasonable uh, from where we are today. And and then Scott, when we when we when we hear talk about the the, the U.S. and 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 again, I, one of the one of the surprising statistics from from last year for me was that even though you had you know over thirty percent returns uh, in the U.S. last year, uh, you you actually had the, the the price earnings multiple on the S and P five hundred drop. Uh, so so which, which which because you had so much earnings growth, uh, the that that fifteen number. Uh, for for the multiple on on the TSX, where where does that sit historically uh, relative to 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 where the the TSX would normally trade? That that would be sort of slightly lower than average. I um, yeah. I don't have that number right in front of me, but I'd say that's that's about it's around average, if not slightly lower. Um, yeah. It was just actually so yeah the, this the, yeah the it, it would be right around the average. So yeah. you know we're not we're not super cheap. We're not super expensive. Um, we would be significantly cheaper than than the U.S. Uh, and and you know I think that um, 
you know, the, just we've talked about the market composition differences between Canada and the U.S. Sure. And just the U.S. has just a much higher exposure to those higher multiple sectors and, you know, technology and, uh, you know, communications, et cetera, uh, where Canada has much more exposure to that cyclical type, you know, which yeah. is which is the type of the uh, market we're in. You know, I was reading a, a research note this morning and it was, you know, we 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 turned the page on the on the calendar, but the narrative really doesn't change just because sure. the, the, the date has changed. Um, so we're still sort of in that economic recovery mode of, of course, the, the Omicron variant has sort of thrown that into uh, question about the exact timing. But to your point about, you know, we actually saw multiples compress through last year in, in, in both Canada and the U.S. You know, the stock market, we have to remind ourselves, the stock market is a forward looking mechanism. Yeah. So even when we were in the sort of the depths of the pandemic and lockdown, the market was looking forward uh, to that earnings recovery and bringing all that forward. And was, of course, with the vaccine news came coming out in late 2020, that happened at a very accelerated pace. So it kind of we kind of get all that up front, and then you start to see that earnings growth and the growth and the multiple sort of compresses a little bit. It's just something that's more reasonable. And then, of course, if you're thinking about well, we're con- going to continue to recover at some point. Uh, once we sort of move past this, this sort of fi- hopefully it's the final wave um, or this more current wave, then I think we start to you know the market will bring that forward as well, and and we'll you know we could expect hopefully something a little bit more normal in terms of equity returns, which like I said I think that sets up very well for Canada. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know again that's so so sort of an average multiple on the market, uh, but with the backdrop of interest rates that although they've headed higher are still historically low. Uh, it, you know, relative to, to to normalized interest rates, so it so it it's it, it, it it's it's interesting as as we as as I'm talking to uh, to investment managers who are managing in different parts of the economy, and we'll 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 get to Europe and emerging markets in in the, in the next couple of weeks. We'll take a look at fixed income. Uh, that uh, there there is some nervousness around markets, and we've seen a little bit of that uh, early in the in the year in trading, uh, particularly in the U.S. Uh, but, 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 you know, after everything that's happened, it's amazingly how, how, how steady, how stable and steady the, uh, the, 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 the backdrop has been, uh, over the last 12 months and how we're set up for, you know, again, not, uh, there, there, there's all reasons to believe that we can continue to have pretty decent markets, uh, particularly here in Canada. Yeah, I, I agree. And actually just the, um, you know, the, we talked about Canada trading at about average, the one area where it's trading significantly below average is its relative valuation to the U.S. I think I talked about it the last time I was on a few months yeah. ago. You know, we are at 20-year a 20-year discount, like the, the steepest discount to the U.S. that we've seen in the last 20 years. Uh, it's, it's greater than, uh, it's, it's close to two standard deviation discount. It's almost six whole multiple points. So that's actually something to, uh, you know, another sort of tailwind i think that that's positive for canada is just that that relative valuation discount to the u.s so the u.s might take you know the impact of rising rates and the impact on the multiple a little bit more uh it might be a little bit rougher for the u.s markets whereas canada is sort of already at that average and so um that that's just another tailwind for the the canadian market great well scott that was uh, a lot of interesting stuff uh, might have to go back and listen to uh, to that a couple of times over to capture everything because there's there, there's a lot there. But uh, but again, it at least made me feel better about uh, about the year we're heading into, and hopefully it uh, it did the same for the listeners. Scott, always great to see you. Great to catch up. 
Uh, good luck shoveling the snow. And, uh, and we'll talk to you next month. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.